This is the 11th season of the Old Barn Hockey Show on Fox Sports 1460, also on Caps Radio 24-7 and available on your mobile device via SoundCloud or iTunes podcasts. This is your favorite hockey show. The Hershey Bears, the Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals, the AHL, the NHL, and the Flyers and Pens, too, plus all sorts of fun guests from the hockey and sports world. And how sweet is Hosting the barn are the SCO man, Frank Schofield, the PR director and teddy bear king, Brock Kirshner, the son of the Hall of Famer and former Bears announcer, J.D. Mathers, and producer, Art Selby. Time for Face Off. Here's Frank. Easter, as we are here to get ready for the Hershey Bears as they come back home. How was your Easter, JD? I had a wonderful Easter, Frank. How was yours? What did you do? Did did you paint eggs? What did you do? I cooked a little bit with my friends. You cook? What did you cook? I was in charge of the mashed potatoes and the pork gravy. Pork gravy? Hmm. So what was what was the main meal? Pork shoulder. Pork shoulder. So was it was it smoked? No, no, no. no. Just a little bit of salt and pepper seasoning. Just good for you. Good for you. So it was, I, a good, it was a good holiday for you. And it's funny how you looked at me with the pork gravy because my friend. Um, I, you don't hear pork gravy. Well, too often. no, but you know what? If I made you pork, beef, chicken, and veggie gravy, yeah, and you didn't know which one was which, yeah, you wouldn't know. Hmm. I guess. Behind the big glass is uh, Art Selby. Art, um, you got a little bit of a, a change there in Philadelphia with your head coach. How are you feeling about Alan Vanio being head coach of your Philadelphia Flyers? The jury's still out on him. I heard he's good at developing talent. I've talked to some Ranger fans that did not have a lot of nice things to say about him. But uh, well, What was the main things that weren't good about Alan Vanio? That the team was soft. The team, the team's played soft. I've heard soft. that. I mean, that's, that's I heard that heard. out of Vancouver. So, you know, we'll see about that. You know, if, if he can develop talent, we'll see. And that's what the Flyers need right now. So. But they but they need a polished a polished character. They need a polished power, presence. And he gives them that. You know what I mean? He he does. I don't he, think Hackstall was ever that he, he he was missing that one little cog I always felt, you know? Yeah, there was just something there that wasn't there. I you know, it it was tough. Seemed like a good guy, but and they didn't make the move fast enough, and they got too deep into a hole, and that's why they're watching the playoffs right now. But as we saw, and we kept saying, oh, you don't want to get it in the playoffs. You'd have no shot. Yeah. Well, look at that now. How about that? Both top seeds out. Calgary and Tampa Bay out. Uh, but I, I got to tell you, you, you know I had a busy weekend. And uh, I, I put my head on my couch yesterday. I was like, I got to do game <laughs> seven again in Boston. Just painful. Just hope you're not winning 4-1 when the second oh. and third period starts. Well, I mean, we're... 
you know, the whole the whole series, I mean, it's a good series, but, you know, the Bruins just, they just look better. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? They certainly outplayed you yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how Austin showed up a couple of times. The Friday night game was a completely different story. But, you know, the Leafs, and it's good TV, but I got to tell you something. That's stinking Mike Milbury. Does he still have his Boston Bruin jersey on? Oh, yeah. During Underwear. the broadcast? Underwear, socks. Could you could you tell during the broadcast? Could yeah. you, he just disdains the Leafs. You should hear him. Everything's great about the Bruins. Not a peep about the Leafs on any level. Any level. It is so I am almost stunned that NBC lets it happen. And by the way, did you hear the fight the other night that Milbury had with uh who's the guy that's in the box in between the boxes? Not Pierre. Boucher? Yeah. Brian did you Boucher? hear that when he called him a fairy and he called him a pansy? No. Oh, and then Doc didn't know what to say. I was uncomfortable. Who did he call a fairy? Uh, Boucher. And I was uncomfortable in my uh, recliner. I'm like, oh my God, did you just hear that? I can't believe you just said that. I'm going to have to get a repeat of that game. I wow. mean, I just think Milbury is, and I always thought. I never liked him. But just how he just wears his Bruins jersey during the broadcast. And I get it. Maybe it's a USA versus Canada thing. Maybe they're trying to help the ratings. Let's talk, you know, everything is pro-Bruin, pro-Bruin, pro-Bruin. Never any acknowledgement about the Leafs whatsoever. Now you know how I feel when the Flyers play the Penguins in the playoffs. It's just Crosby, Crosby, Malkin, Malkin, Gino, Gino. And they're all golfing (laughs) now. And it's either he's unprepared. He's unprepared as a color guy. Like It sounds like he doesn't even have a sheet in front of him. It sounds like he doesn't even have prep in front of him. I believe he is an off-the-cuff guy, so he goes with what is normal to him, and that is talking the way he does. Did you did you hear what McGuire said I don't in the Caps game I don't, about DSP and Hershey? What did he say? Well, DSP, you know, he, he started off the game great. You know, hit a couple guys. We're and talking about Devontae Smith-Pelly, by the yeah, way. Yeah. DSP, that's yep. what you call him. And yeah. Well, when he came off, and he, you know, they said McGuire says he looks tired. And he goes, "It's probably from the fast food diet he was on." <laughs> and then the I don't even know who what the announcer. Well, the announcer said, "Well, I guess he got a, you know he got and Pierre said he got an upgrade in in pay." And the guy, the announcer, I don't know who it was, said, "Well, Hershey's a pretty nice place, you know." <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I, I I was just amazed. why would Pierre McGuire? Oh yeah, he was, you know he, he's tired because he was you know eating fast food down in Hershey. And we don't know if that's true or not true. But I'll tell you what, when I when I found out that he was going up, goodbye. Thank you for coming. Yeah, I saw your and, tweet. And and <laughs> I think I uh, put that out there last week on the show as well. I don't think it hurts the Bears. Yeah. And, and I think... No, way more, way more important is the health of Aaron Ness to the Bears. Yeah, how about that? Way more important. We'll talk with uh, Zach Fish coming up in a little bit. Bottom of the hour, we're going to talk with Mick Kern from uh, Sirius Satellite Radio. Talk about the NHL and the different series that are going on. And a little bit of trouble, uh, the NHL in the war room that's kind of taking place. Trying to get these calls right. They're not moving as quick as they uh, thought they were. And being in that war room, it's so funny because when you're in the war room and know exactly how it goes down, when you watch it happen live on TV... I know exactly what's going on. I know who's running across there, how they're talking, how they're talking to the guys on the ice, how they're talking to the guy in the penalty box. And and then the replay, how they're replaying, how they're looking at it, how they're all got headphones on talking. They're talking about it the whole time. And boy, they must have had quite an argument the other night. 
on which one? There was a couple of them. The, the in your game, the the no the, the Matthews goal or the Holtby? Well, the Matthews goal, and I, I was referring to the Holtby yeah. one. That, that one took a while. It took way too long, and you know, in the end, Holtby's the guy's not in the crease, and Holtby's a, a half a step outside the crease. You shouldn't have goaltender interference. I agree. If you are, you know, I, I hated the day that. They put the trapezoid in and then started protecting the goalies. And then that whole – the day they start protecting the goalies, and if they come out – the way the rules should be is if they come out, they should be free reign like any other player. That's exactly right. And yeah. I don't understand why – you know, but, but, you know, the NFL protects quarterbacks. You know, you can't touch a quarterback anymore. Certain Quarter- quarterbacks, anyway. Quarterback <laughs> is more important in football <laughs> than goalie is in hockey. But, but – you can't touch him, or you can't. So, but goaltender, you know, I used to love it when a goalie would go in the corner and try to pass a puck down the ice, and then bam, let him feel it. You know, let a good, let a good winger get you into know, him. I watched the Dallas game, and you know, Bishop went up behind the net, played the puck, and you know, at his size, you know, one of the uh, one of the uh, predators was trying to go around him, and he, he just didn't move. And you know, they almost called. I, I thought they were going to call a penalty on the predator, but it was definitely interference on Bishop's part. So the Bears split their series, come back home, tied 1-1. They play Tuesday and Thursday, and then back up uh, if needed. Uh, Let's hope not. Back up there on Saturday. Here's my dilemma. I'm in a golf league. Wow. That's important. Well, hear (laughs) hear me out here. I know you want to jump right away and jam me. So the first thing is, we don't have many guys. I don't have any subs. We don't have any subs on our team. Like, we're really hurting for subs and stuff like that. So now, this league, the Bears game is Tuesday night. My golf league is Tuesday night, so I got to tee off at 530. I'm probably not going to get down to Giants Center until the second period, if that. And then the Leafs game, game seven, Tuesday night. That's rough, Frank. Oh, I feel bad. Well, I want to go to the Bears game. I'd rather be at the full Bears game, but I can't leave my golf team. Are you that good a golfer that it makes a difference? No, but I just said we don't have subs. Well, I know, but... No, I'm not a good golfer. Well, I think I am, but... (laughs) What I'm saying is if I miss it, I can't miss out on my league team. I can't do that to my other teammates. You do the golf. You get to John Center for the second period. You DVR the Leafs game. DVR? Why can't I just watch it there? I can watch it there in the club. I guess you could. If if it were me, though, I'd want to watch it at home. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm not that guy. I try to DVR sports, and it never works. I always find out what's happening ahead of time. I always snoop around or someone will tell me or I'm on Twitter. Oh, I know. And my team always freaking loses. Always. <laughs> How many times? <laughs> so do you really DVR your sports and get through it? Every once in a while I'll try it. But yeah, and, and I'll think I'll have, have made it through without someone telling me. And all of a sudden I'll look and JC will text me like at 10. Oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> you know? If the Leafs drop this game, if they drop after being up three games or two, if we lose this game. Oh. You're going to win. for. I, don't ask me why. I just have this gut feeling you're going to win 3-2 in by OT. By the way, <laughs> let's talk about Freddie Anderson's saves. Oh, I, unbelievable. Th- those glove saves, those were old school saves. You don't see saves like that around. Nobody makes those saves. And They're I mean, great. coming out, challenging the shooter, I mean, way out of the crease, and then that full extension of that arm. When was the last time you saw any of those saves? You don't see them. In pictures. You know, in in, he in, had two team, of them. in team pictures. That's what's yeah. the old. He had, yeah. It was almost like you know, Michelle Dion from the Pittsburgh Penguins was out there making that save. <laughs> Ed Chadwick. Well, you could do Ed Chadwick. You know what? Without yeah. without Freddie Anderson, Tim Shevelday. Your Leafs are toast. 
Oh, it could have been a lot worse yesterday if it wasn't for him. But, you know, I don't, and people are calling for Babcock and saying, you know, why pull the goalie with over two minutes left? You know, why was Marlowe out there with, like, you know, five minutes left in the game? And, yeah, where, where is Nylander? He, he has not showed up. He, I watched that game. He looked timid. Yeah, and, you know, Matthews, when he wants to churn it up, he churns it up. He's got the goods. Yeah, he needs to do that all the time. I agree. He's a 50% player Where's right now. Mitch Marner? They're all over him. They are marking him like a bad dog. And I, um, I also think that Tavares is not 100%. Yeah, he's... I think John Tavares, one of two things. Either he's a little bit dinged up or at age 28, guess what? After his, in his first year of his seven-year contract, he is already starting on the decline. Well, I I think that's a little premature. He's I had a so. very he's had a very strong season. Absolutely. So he's I, had I be- a career season actually. Yeah, absolutely. I believe he is a little dinged up. I believe he has some What's so funny is that the Islanders and Columbus are just sitting around for two weeks getting healthy. Two weeks they're gonna be waiting for an opponent. Yep. Because anything that happens out of this Bruins, they're probably not gonna start until what, Thursday, Friday, Saturday in that wheelhouse? Well, it depends on what depends happens. Depends on arena. Depends on you know, if, if there are game sevens in the the two series tonight. Then we're then the next game is Wednesday. So then it'd they be Friday. Wait. It'd be Friday, right? Well, they wait for the herd. Then they you yeah, got to wait. That, you well, got to no. wait for everybody. Yeah, but the other the other two series will be over tomorrow. That's game. Those are game sevens tomorrow. Right. So the, then Wednesday will be the, the the last set of possible game sevens. How about Philip Grubauer? Unbelievable. Well, Phillip, how about Philip Grubauer in the second round? How about that Good first? Li- how about that first line for Colorado? Yeah. McKinnon, Landeskog, and Ranton in twenty-one points to uh, five for Calgary's first line. And I think that's that, an ass whooping. I think Dallas is going to win too. Oh, same same thing. Their first line, Ben Sagan and Radulov, are so dominant it's ridiculous. I got a great Tyler Sagan story. I think I already told it though. Um, and what, and what a, about when Vegas? He was a Bruin? No, he oh. was he. Um, yes, it was. So why they traded him? You mean he was a Bruin. He didn't trade him because of me, but no, no well, because of the story. No, no, I wish that was the case. Um, how, how do you feel about Vegas and San Jose? San Jose and seven. You still think? You're still buying that? And the Caps tonight. Uh, see what they could do tonight. Caps are going to. You know what? Which play defined that whole game five and is going to define game six? The fight. No. With Ovechkin and the, no, no, and the no. 19-year-old that he knocked no. out? Dougie Hamilton bailing out. Yeah, what's the story there? I'm hearing all about this. T- describe that play to me. What happened? Well, it certainly looked like an icing at first glance. And Hamilton, right, and he bailed. He wheeled off, right? Well, he stopped. Yeah. And it wasn't an icing. They had waved it off. And now, I was just listening on the way here you know, uh, to the to Sirius XM and they said it sure looked like he just did not want to get crushed by Ovechkin. He didn't want to get into it. He didn't want to get into it and get at it. So so we'll see if the Caps can close out the Hurricanes here tonight. I'll take the Caps in six. Going seven. And what what's that going to look like? Trots against the Capitals then? Is that Shakespeare or what? That is, is that yeah. drama or what? If not Shakespeare, Orwellian for sure. Right. Absolutely. Old, can't, old, you can't old, write it. Old Reardon looking across the bench here at Trotz. He might be a little intimidated by Trotz, don't you think? I think they. I think the whole Trotz thing was unfortunate. It was. I think they didn't think they're—and we talked about this, and I know we're on Caps Radio. 
But I think he uh, I, I don't I didn't think he got it. How about the, how about the coaching thing for the last Nor two years? Nor try man. How about the toy the, the coach how, how do you think that Tampa Bay may have wished that they didn't sign Cooper to that 5-year extension before the playoffs started? Yeah, I think that'll be forgiven. I I think that's a situation where they kind of got him in a position. I think that'll be forgiven. Only if when they you play get well when you get rushed year. like that, it's when it's a when it's a whooping like that, it's you cannot blame the coach for that. That could be a team that just froze up. You can't lay it all on the coach for that. Now, if it's a situation where they lose, you know, four games of one, four games of two, and they're just soft, they win, you know, and they're in it. But that team just totally froze up. Yeah, they they played one period of hockey out right. of twelve. So one. in that in that case. I don't think that's it. The Hershey Bears are the more interesting story. And the Bears are going to split this series. They dropped that first one up there. And Chris Bork, giving it everything he had, and I mean unloading the barrel on a regular basis, just trying to get everything he could to get going. Everybody was talking, and that Ness was brutal. And it's so good that he's okay. Do they announce when he'll he could be coming back or what his status is? I don't think so. We'll get Zach on Zach the phone here. Zach will help us out. Zach, talk to us. Let's just get right into the media thing. How is Aaron? Let's. How is Aaron Ness? When is he expected to come back? How's his condition right now? Uh, let's just get the, get right at that one. Well, thank goodness he's all right. Uh, yep. Very scary looking injury, right? I mean, oh, head first, head brutal. first in the boards. That was brutal. It, yeah, you, you fear the worst, and it was definitely emotional. Um, you try not to fear the worst, but it, it's kind of hard not to when you see a guy go head first there in a very awkward spot, and uh, you know there wasn't a ton of movement. And part of that, from what it sounds like, is he knew you know you're not supposed to really be moving a ton when you kind of get that shock in your body and make sure you don't injure yourself anymore. So right. that was uh, good and strategic by him. And, you know, he's been trained well, uh, but everything's good with him. Um, I, I'm sure they'll take a look more at doctors with him here. As far as a timetable, Carbs just updated the media here. Uh, doesn't have any further update on him. It doesn't really have a timetable yet at this point. So when he could be back, I can't answer that for you guys yet at this point, but I'm sure they'll undergo a further test and just give a hundred percent bill of health now that he's back here in Hershey, but has returned to Hershey. Um, Liam O'Brien informed the media that, uh, you know, they had breakfast yesterday and, and some of the guys and he was in good spirits and, and doing well and everything came back good. So thank goodness, um, you know, obviously that uh, his health and well-being first and foremost before hockey, but do you I'm sure think, when he gets a clean bill of health, hopefully we can have him back. Do you think we'll see him in this series? Uh, I think it's too early to determine that. He's not at the rink right. today. Today was an optional skate. I mean, I guess I guess we'll see how it goes. Obviously, if everything comes back negative, I mean, the guy's going to want to play. But, uh, you know, maybe in a couple of days we'll know a little bit more. But at this point, I think we're expecting it to go without him, at least for game three and, That's fine. and likely game four. And, and we'll we'll see where we regroup from there. Big big loss for sure, but you know, thank goodness he's all right. I want to get into the other noise that's out there before we get into the games and the position that the Bears are in and how the standing is all that. And I want to talk about uh, the goaltending situation, how the Caps continue to call goal, goalies up, uh, swap them back and forth, uh, try to get them up there to, so that you know they can. There can be three goaltenders on that bench. Can you give some clarity or any indication of what the Capitals' intentions are in this? I've heard several things. One of the things I've heard is that Holpe doesn't want to take shots in practice. Other things yeah. are. Is that, is that basically the deal? 
I think that's part of it. I mean, I think he uh, they had Copley up there all last year. Um, we were out, of course. Right. That's different that, than us being in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure, but that kept his workload down in practice, and he was very fresh and felt good for the games. And I think they want to repeat that success as much as possible because he was lights out, of course, then, and huge part of the reason they won the Cup. Can't they, uh, they get a good? To... Can't they get a good men's league goalie up there to to just stop yeah. practice pucks while while yeah. we're in a playoff position here? No, we have yeah, both I now. I think it's best of both worlds, and yeah, like I'll get to that in a second because yeah, I think we're on a good spot now. Uh, but you know, best of both worlds that they also want someone in the building so they don't have to put Scott Foster, that accountant from Chicago, into the game. You know, they feel it's important to have an emergency guy up there. And you look, I mean, Zane McIntyre is up in Boston right now, and the Bruins are having to play in the playoffs without him. And you know, Dan Vladar, their backup goalie, is is not quite Vitek or is not quite Sammy as far as uh, on, on the scale of being a lights-out number 1A guy if he's not the number one. Uh, so it is something that seems to be more prevalent among teams in the American Hockey League, how, losing a goalie in this situation. The Caps seem to be go fall in that trend. But as J.D. said, we should not have to worry about it now. Obviously, things could change if there is an injury at that level. They're going to want to, you know, in case a guy has to go in, a more seasoned guy, but with South Carolina getting eliminated, Tough to see, but actually good for us in the sense that they called up Parker Milner. Um, it sounds like from a couple different tweets from Capitals beat writers that, you know, unless there is an injury or we get eliminated, plan is Parker Milner to be up there for the duration as the number three, take those shots in practice, be that emergency goalie, let our two guys get the experience that they need here in the Calder Cup playoffs and lead go. us to a championship. So dicey uh, a couple weeks uh, of that, but I think the situation has solidified itself and um, hopefully something that we won't have to worry about until you know this time next year. Um, so the series itself, uh, can you? What are you seeing? You know, we haven't seen him here on home ice. Some people, a lot of people, have watched maybe online or streaming. What's your take so far? What's where's the momentum? What's the pace? What's the cadence? Can you talk about the overall play of these two teams in the first two games in the series? Yeah, I think the Bears are happy with where they are right now and how they played in game number two. It was an effort that was very similar to what we've done in these victories down the stretch where we played our game. We played to our standard. We played to our identity. We were fast. Their speed caused issues. Our forecheck was good. Uh, we got pucks through the net going low to high, and our goaltending was exceptional. Um, we were a bit more disciplined and drew more penalties in game number two. Game one, um, you know, I thought there was a big learning curve for a lot of our young guys. It showed our goalie kept us in that game. Sammy was exceptional, but we figured it out from game one to game two. Um, and we, we got to be continue to be more disciplined. Our power play needs to get one or two for us here now. Uh, 0 for 5 last game, you know, it could have been a game that we could have put away a little bit earlier with our power play scoring a big goal or two. That's something that has just been kind of in flux with Barber being out. Now he's back, and now Ness is out. So the personnel's been changing, something they hopefully can work on and get going here for game number three. But, you know, for me, it was definitely a much better effort in that game on, on Saturday, and we really played to our identity. And, and with that being said, we got the momentum now because of that. We're coming home. We win game number three. You know, all the pressure's on Bridgeport at that point, and, you know, our guys don't want to go back to Bridgeport if possible, but it starts on Tuesday night. And if they play the way they did on Saturday, I think they'll be in good shape. Hey, Zach, um, I know no broadcaster. I, I got in trouble a few times myself way back when, likes to take officials to tax, task. But just reading the box score in game one, it certainly seemed, uh, as you went down you know what was going on, that the third period was stacked against the Bears. And was I, am I wrong? Or I, and I listened to a little bit in the radio. You know, I, I sort of got a little bit of that in your in the gist of your 
coverage that you know that it just was tilted in Bridgeport's favor the officiating is that wrong yeah I I wasn't personally pleased with the way game one went and I don't think the coaches or the players were either Um, I thought it was better in game number two we had a little bit of an interesting moment right off the hop we had mentioned hey we got a whole new crew and hopefully they'll be a little bit more to the standard that we know and expect and then they called immediately a icing when we were killing a penalty and you're going oh boy uh, but I thought they were pretty good in the second game and called the penalties they should for me I think the, the biggest issue that I have uh, in that first game is just you know we I thought we came out and played the game hard and I thought there were a couple very reactionary calls from the officials there was one where Steven Gianna got hit by Nathan Walker and it was a clean check in my opinion Steven Gianna just lost his stick and it just looked awkward, and the oohs and ahs came up. Then the referee's arm went up. Like, that's it's not a penalty to me. It was a hard hit. And then the penalty in overtime, uh, it just – I didn't didn't agree with the call at all. It was – it did not – you know, we talk about should the standard be the same. They hadn't called anything, and Scarbosa hooks a guy. He hooked him. They called him for a trip, but he hooked him. It's a penalty in the regular season. So if you want to argue to that standard, it should be a penalty. But it was 200 feet away from our net. The guy that had the puck that he hooked was not breaking up ice. He was passing it to a guy that was breaking up ice. And at that point in the game, I was very surprised that it was called and it determined the game. I mean, we couldn't kill the penalty, right? But I was surprised that it determined the game there. So there was a couple black and white calls in that game. Um, You know, Jason Megna were killing a penalty. He kind of makes a mental error and panics, and he throws his stick or tosses his stick to a teammate that had lost his stick. It's an automatic penalty. you got to call it. Everybody saw it in the building. It happened. Um, that put us down five on three, and they scored. So give them the benefit of the doubt on that. But I thought it was better the second night, and obviously everybody's got up their game this time of year. And for us, our guys said today, we can't can't let it frustrate us. But uh, I don't disagree that it, it was frustrating, and it was frustrating from my perspective. If it's frustrating from my perspective, I can't imagine these guys downstairs. Talk about a little bit about uh, Chris Bork and his effort during this series. There was, you know, Twitter and everybody else was up in arms for this and that. Uh, talk about his effort on the ice and what – his impact on what he's doing so far in this series? Well, he's a heck of a player still and led the team in scoring again and and a lot of respect to him for what he's done here, but he's obviously on the other side now, so there's no love lost between uh, him and the the Bears. Uh, I mean, I'm sure after the series there'll be hugs and handshakes, uh, but he wants to win. He's super competitive. We all know that. He probably wants to stick it to us a little bit more because it's Hershey, and uh, there's a lot of guys that didn't play with him that know who he is and maybe were black aces when he was around that you know don't know what Chris Bork's all about and what he brought and what he did for this franchise and don't particularly care. And I think that's probably a good thing because they don't have to worry about it. Right. And there's a good amount that played with him last year or played with him for many years or went to a final with him and, and know what he's all about, know that they're going to have to raise their game a little bit because of it. Um, I think he's been his usual self and an effective player and, and looked very dangerous on the power play. He had assists on the game-winning goal and double overtime in the first game and he's taken a lot of shots and and vtech was really good and vtech super competitive against him he and borky <laughs> had a little bit of a little bit of a rivalry and uh, borky beat him a couple times in the season but vtech made some big time saves as did sammy so especially on the power play it's going to be a shooting gallery we know how good he is on the one-timers from the left and the right side and he got off plenty of those he's had his fair share of chances and is an impact player in this series but you know, so far, the Bears have done a good job limiting the damage from him and some of the big players for the Sound Tigers, and they're going to have to continue that because we know that coming into Giant Center, you know, number seven is going to be even more motivated than he was in Bridgeport. Can you talk a little bit about any of the young kids that have contributed in the series so far? Yeah, I think Beck's played really well, and I think that's no surprise, uh, an impact type of guy there uh, for us. And, 
a guy that you want on your roster come the playoffs. I mean, Chris McCarthy's not a young guy, but to come in and do what he has for not playing in the American League, you know, really for two years now and score a goal for us in the playoffs and be effective and kind of cement himself on that fourth line has been pretty imperative, important uh, on that side of things. Pilon coming back is an added boost. I thought he got better in game number two. You know, it was his first game in a couple of weeks, and, you know, he wore off the rust and, and was real good. And, and then obviously the focus is on the goaltending. But for me, I think defensively, now without Ness, a lot of these young guys are going to have to step up and, you know, it's second-year guys like Hobbs and Williams now in his third year, Johansson, and I thought Lucas stepped up and played better in that game and was really impressed with Hobbs and Williams together. Um, you know, Colby Williams has had a bit of an up-and-down year for a guy that has been a regular in our lineup the last two seasons and has been on the outside looking in more often than not. He stepped into a big situation, and I think he played his best game that I've seen him play this year with Hobbs, a guy he's familiar with, right. and there was a big-time comfort level there. And, I mean, Tech was good. 39 saves. He did have to face some point-blank shots on breakdowns. But overall, our defense did a real good job, too. And I give Colby and Hobbsy a lot of credit right there for stepping up in that situation. Was there a big difference with the Liam coming back? I think so. I think that's yeah. another huge part that I – that is a very good point you brought up that I, I should have mentioned earlier. He provides a big body presence that just gets in on the forecheck and makes life difficult on everybody else around him. The points have not necessarily come for him in the second half of the year. He's had a pretty big dry spell there as far as points go, but he creates space for Scarbosa. He creates space for Barber. He's hard on pucks. He's difficult right. to play against. He's hard to move. He's intimidating with that big red beard. Like I think he <laughs> was a definite difference maker for us. And that yeah. line being reunited, everybody felt comfortable. Everybody was happy with, with all them together, and it was exciting and, to see them kind of come to, come to fruition and play real well. In yeah, two. And it, was, it was very clear. You know, he's suspended for that first game. Comes back his second game is game number two. Hey, are you are you watching any of the other series or what's going on? I see Toronto's up to nothing, and uh, Cleveland's up to nothing. But Charlotte and Providence, they're still knotted up at one game apiece. That's an interesting series. It is, and man, I mean, the biggest surprise is Cleveland. They were hot late, but I never expected Syracuse to be down 0-2, especially about it? both at home. But uh, weird series with that, with being a 2-3 for Charlotte. Now they go home and they need two wins, and they have three cracks at home where they were a very good club this year. Right. Big for Providence to get one in their own building, and you know they kept themselves in that first game and had a chance at two. Three games in four nights. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Providence is a team that is a hard-to-play-against team that's got some good veterans and skates well and is an underrated team. I think they're going to give Charlotte all they can. I think Charlotte's the elite team in our division as far as offensive skill. they got the best goalie in the league and Delkovich statistically, and you know, we had an unbelievable year, but I think Providence is going to push them all they can. That's a tough team to play against that, that we saw late in the season, too, that's going to give you all they got. All right, well, listen, thank you, Zach. Uh, good luck tomorrow night. Uh, Tuesday night. Tickets are available at Giants Center. They need everybody to come out and support this team and rah-rah and root these guys on because we need that we need that extra man out there, and that's uh, going to be critical for this club. But exciting two nights at Giants Center coming up Tuesday night and Thursday night. Thanks, Zach. All right, guys. Always a pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Yep. See you. That's Zach Fish uh, with your Hershey Bears. Kind of just get kind of getting it done. And you know, it's good that the goaltending thing has settled down. I just hated seeing that all the time. You know, they pull them up. Because here's what, what also has happened when the goaltenders are going up and down. It takes time to travel. It wears you down. They got to, you know, pack a bag. They got to get there. They got to unpack. They got to learn. You know, like, it makes them tired. You want the goaltenders to stay with your team and run it through. 
Yeah, but at least we didn't not have the goalie that was supposed to play. And we're fortunate, I believe, that South Carolina got knocked out because they really, you know, Milner should be able to do whatever they need. Right. All right. Uh, coming up next, I want to talk about the NHL. Mick Kern coming up from Sirius Satellite Radio. Guy's been a barn favorite for many, many years, and he's always dead on with everything. I want to talk about what's your take on that Kate Smith thing, JD? I will oh. talk now. Don't tell me now. Don't tell me now. Don't tell me now. We'll find out segment number two. Old Barn Hockey Show. We'll be right back. Harrisburg University of Science and Technology and the Hershey Bears. Together, driving toward the goal. Harrisburg University's varsity esports team, The Storm, is changing the game. With top talent, a mind-blowing venue, and a take-no-prisoners attitude, the HU Storm team are scholarship competitors and tops in academics, getting STEM learning that lands them in the real world ready to succeed. Are you in? Visit harrisburgu.edu. If you need a management company for your properties, call a Bears fan, Jody, at JLD Property Management Group. JLD will take care of your homes and take care of the folks who live in your homes, providing an enjoyable living environment that is soundly developed, well-managed, and an asset to the neighborhood. JLD offers flexible management services. They treat residents with dignity and respect and are true professionals in everything they do for you, the property owner. JLD Property Management Group. Call Jody for a free consultation. 566 166. What if you stopped by after the Bears game? What if you came on by for happy hour? What if you just wanted to have a good meal? Huh? It's the what if of Hershey. Chocolate Avenue for innovative drinks, eclectic food, and true Hershey hospitality. Stop by after the Bears game. Show them your ticket. 15% off. Bam, boom. There you go. Excluding alcohol. It's the what if for your holiday parties. They got a great banquet room and great food and the lowest wine prices around. What if of Hershey on Chocolate Avenue? What if? Root on your favorite teams at the Penn Hotel Sports and Raw Bar. Make a part of any event you attend in Hershey. Delicious wings, half-pound burgers, and the special recipe Penn Hotel crab cakes. Just some of the all-stars on their menu. Labatt Blue is always three bucks. Catch your favorite NHL games with the Penn Hotel's NHL Center Ice Package and watch NFL action, too. Not far from Giant Center, 600 Old West Chocolate Avenue. Stop by with your Bears game ticket for 15% off your order. The Penn Hotel Sports and Raw Bar. Menu and more at thepennhotel.com. Who's an award winner? If you are a Bears fan, pick up your award or trophy or get them to give out at Hughes Awards in Hummelstown and Middletown. Hughes Awards and Screen Printing. Awards for your sports team or team at work. Screen Printing like the awesome Old Barn Radio Show tees we pass out. Incredible embroidery, spirit wear, plus promotional products of every kind for schools, businesses, and organizations. Great stuff for fundraising, too. Stop in and see Chris and the crew. They'll take good care of you. Hughes Awards and Screen Printing. On the square in Hummelstown and now in Middletown too. 11 years of this BS and counting. Now back to the barn. Blacking in and out in a strange flat in East London. Somebody I don't really know just gave me something to help settle me down and to stop me from always thinking about you. And you know your life is heading in a questionable direction When you're up for days of strangers and you can't remember anything Except the way you sounded when you told me you didn't know what I should do Old Barn Hockey Show, welcome to segment number two This song here is Frank Turner and the Sleeping Souls We had them in town on Saturday night down in Harrisburg 
And just as I was sitting here and I was like, you know, I'm going to play some Frank Turner since he was just in town. And they had a great crew. Frank was very nice. I enjoyed the show very much. But I just Googled Frank Turner Harrisburg. There's at least 30 videos online on YouTube right now from the show from Saturday night. I didn't even know that many people had their phones up in the air. All up on YouTube. Great show down there at XL, and Frank was fantastic. Joining us right now, Mick Kern from Satellite Radio. Mick, do you know Frank Turner? No, I like the sound. I don't like cell phones, though. If you saw that Johnny Gajol penalty shot the other day, they showed a picture. And uh, everyone behind the net had their cell phone up. Right. You know, you can't go to a concert or any event or anything. And I always keep my phone in my pocket. I'm always like, I rarely get it out where a lot of people don't take in the moment, whether it's entertainment or sports or anything. Everybody wants that shot, but for what, for who, for what, you know? I guess, you know, it's a free country, uh, thank goodness. And people can do it, but you don't have to like it. I'm, and you know what, my, my take on it is uh, someone in the crowd is going to have a shot of it, so um, I'll enjoy it, and then I'll watch your video later. Yeah. Hey, what do you, what do you make of, you know, Columbus – and the Islanders kind of just sitting around waiting for these other series to kind of get at each other and beat each other up. And they're kind of going to be just rested after a two week rest after knocking off those top seeds. Well, the good thing is, of course, the obvious one is that the little nicks and bruises and the cuts and all that will have a better chance to heal. Uh, momentum, uh, some people buy into it. Some say it's overrated, like when we talk about chemistry and sports. I think it's still there. You could see a flat game in game one. Uh, let's say Columbus plays Toronto or Boston. You could see right. you could see a flat game. Same with the Islanders. But after that, uh, it's not like suddenly they're going to forget everything. It's not like they're sitting around for two months like Tampa or Calgary were. That's a different scenario, a different situation. And they never really got their machines going. And full credit to the teams that set them down. So that's happening. But I'll take that time because next playoff round, you may not have that time. You may only have two days and then you go. If the Washington Capitals come out of this series and they play tonight, it'll be uh... – Mr. Trotz, Barry Trotz, against his old team, the Washington Capitals. There's a little bit of a storyline there. There is, and of course, the defending cup champions. He won the cup with them all these years with Nashville, and then some with Washington. That would be a great story. And the little guys, even though the Islanders, and people, you know, I talked to some people here, and they're like, well, the Islanders, they upset the Penguins. Oh, no, they have three points more. So if you go by standings, no. Right. They had home ice advantage. But the perception of the Islanders are the little guys. And I do buy into that because. They've had weird ownership and weird GMs and weird building situations and players leaving and big players leaving. They just seem like they are the crapped upon team in the Eastern Conference. So it would definitely be the behemoths, the Stanley Cup champions against the little New York Islanders. And I would think the neutral observer will probably turn to the Islanders. Hey, Mick, how about out west? The the what has happened with the seven and eight seeds? And loading up those top two lines on Colorado and Dallas to play 25, 27 minutes a game and just manhandling the opposition. Yeah, it's uh, the Colorado-Calgary series is interesting because um, if you uh, score in overtime, how, how much uh, how much that thing can change? No, Nothing taken away from Colorado. They played well. Mike Smith played well in net for Calgary. Their big guns were shut down by Colorado. They couldn't contain the, the top line of Colorado, but you don't just have your top line out there all the time. It was a, a really nice job done by the Owls, but the, the Flames also didn't get any luck. They didn't make their own luck. That game I, I alluded to at the beginning with Johnny Goodrell, who had the penalty shot and had the breakaway and had a disallowed goal. It's like 
uh, Johnny Hockey did something wrong to the Hockey Gods because they took away everything they could from him in that series. Nathan McKinnon and the Hockey Gods teamed up against the Calgary Flames, which is a massive, a massive upset because again the point differential and the expectations for the Flames. Um, but that's why we, that's why we we watch it. That's that's why we watch watch these playoff series because the regular season gets you in, and more so than. 10, 20, 30, certainly 40 years ago, there's no guarantee anymore. And there used to be. You knew when Montreal played Detroit in the, in the mid-70s, ah, Montreal would sleepwalk their way to four straight. Maybe they give Detroit a win, and you could pick a lot of other series. That's not that case anymore. What do you? Uh, what's your take on the, the uh, Leafs and the Bruins cadence? Obviously, it was, a, it was a matinee game yesterday. Friday night was a huge win for the Leafs. Uh, kind of a struggle for them yesterday. The Bruins just keep, you know, nicking away at it. And by the way, Mike Milbury, I still think he he has a Bruins jersey on underneath that suit, whatever he has going on, because that's all he talks about is the Bruins. Well, you know what? I'm I'm up here in Canada where where the so many of the media have Leaf jerseys on underneath their sweaters. Sure. So as far as I'm sure that even stinks out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but if I'm a Leafs fan down here, Mick, up. I'm a Leafs fan down yeah. here in the U.S. and all I hear is Milbury talking about the Bruins. I'm like, come on. Nuts. Uh, yeah, but you can find you can find bias in a lot of people, and you know what? In the sense, he's not really a sense of a broadcaster. He's supposed to be there for his opinion. He's almost like an editorial writer as opposed to a journalist in that sense, from a hockey standpoint. I don't have a problem with that because I get you sure. know, a leaf love up here. But that series, to me, we talked about momentum five minutes ago. There is no momentum. It's it's what have you got done for me lately? It's it's treasury. Um, yeah, I. I I can make a case either team's going to win tomorrow night. I, I, I don't know who's going to win. And it, I, I see faults in both teams. The Bruins sometimes are gold and slow. And then other times they just they pull up the magic when they need to, especially when Brad Marchand's on. People hate him, but he's a fantastic player. I had the Bruins winning in six. I wanted to go with seven. Um, but if the Leafs win tomorrow night, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm going to be curious to see if either team will be able to compete with the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's going to be interesting to see that matchup. Um, Freddie Anderson, we were talking about this earlier in the show. He made some glove saves that were like old school glove saves where he's coming way out, challenging the puck and then making them far reaching saves. Boy, they were a beauty to watch. Oh, it was street hockey. Me back in that. <laughs> it was street hockey, Mick. It was. Yeah. You're right. That's exactly what it was. But you know, it's at it, this day and age where we, we have, and I'm a huge baseball fan. And I like football. And we have just critiqued everything and examined everything right down to the number, the nuances. We've almost bled the passion out of the sports that we follow. And I'm not saying the analytics are wrong. They actually are usually right, at least to tell me what happened before, not necessarily what's going to happen. When I see a performance like that, which goes against what goaltending gurus say, where right. you've got to be positioned here, you got to. I love it. I love it. I think Anderson played well. I was at game four, the 6 4 Bruin win here in Toronto, right. and both goalies did not play well. And both Rask and Anderson can be very good goalies. So, you know, at, I, I would, I would imagine that, uh, as usual, we, since I've been watching since way back in 1971, we're going to magnify the goalies' con- contributions. Either they won the game or they lost the game, and sometimes that's exactly what does happen. You know, I was talking to a friend this morning, and we were talking about the start times. They go, "Man, hockey's a great sport because it's every other day. They get at it." They don't. TV doesn't dictate when these guys go on and stuff like that. We're like a baseball, like a championship game will go on 8, 9, 30 at night. NCAA, AA, basketball, football is all different. Hockey, it gives people that nice little cadence of little, every other night, here we're at it, 7 o'clock, go time. There are exceptions. The Toronto-Boston um, game was put on the afternoon for television reasons. 
and there's a lot of moaning about that up here in Toronto that, well, the Leafs aren't used to playing afternoon games. It was only their second one all all season. I'm not sure how many Boston had. But for the most part, yes, that occurs. It kind of changes in the Stanley Cup final where we get two days between games, two days right. between games, and then suddenly we're like, let's end this on June 10th, not June 24th, please. <laughs> but until then, until then, yes, uh, it has its own cadence. Every two days is kind of nice. Yeah. Hey, Mick, are they going to, is Maple Leaf Garden going to, well, I don't know what it's called, is, is, are the, is the arena going to be open tomorrow? Are they going to show it? Scotia Bank, are they going to show it there? I don't know. They have a place outside where everybody gathers, all the young hooligans, and uh, which is good because the crime rate goes down in Toronto. I'm always happy they're all there. <laughs> you can tell I don't like the Leafs. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's just the thing with hockey, I keep saying this is a key difference. Uh, in places like Toronto and Canada, as opposed to a lot of other places, is it matters just as much in Minneapolis or Boston or Hershey. I've been to Hershey. It's a great hockey town. When are you it coming matters. back? Get you back. I'll soon. But up in Canada, it's part of culture. It's not just entertainment and sports. It's culture. So it's the point where my mom, who doesn't give a rat, you know what, about hockey. She was in Calgary when the Flames are in it. Then suddenly it's very, very important. It's just part of culture. So it captures the city even if you're not watching it. And um, and that's one of the great things about being up here. And I know that happens in places like, you know, the northern states too. I understand that. Uh, not not like Toronto. I mean, it, it, is, what's going to happen if Toronto loses tomorrow? Is is the nation, uh, Maple Leaf Nation, going to be in mourning? Well, I'll do a little dance first, the <laughs> happiness, and then um, and look, me cheering for the Bruins. You know, as growing up a Habs fan, I'll tell you where I am. A serious answer to your question is, yeah, there'll be finger pointing, and the finger pointing will be at Mike Babcock. You can already hear the whispers. Did he the guy for this team? He did a good job. Can he take them the next step? Did you have any problem with that goaltender pull with over two minutes left? No, that's how it's done now. Yeah, that's how it's been done, and the the numbers show that it pays off more than it doesn't. You do take a chance. I didn't have a problem with it. I'd rather lose by two than lose by one. Yeah, e- even that game the other night where the team was eliminated. Uh, what game was that? Oh, it was a Columbus game where they kept scoring all those goal uh, empty netters yeah. at the end yeah. of the game. You got to go for it. I told my son. I said, "You got to. What else are you going to do? You got to do what you can you're to try to win." The Vezina, yeah, you're not playing for the Jennings Trophy at that point of the Vezina. You, you're you're trying to catch a little lightning in a bottle. So yeah, I have no problem with it. Hey, one final question. Side note: Alan Vigneau joining the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, how does that help the club? What does he bring to that organization? It was interesting to see a lot of Flyer fans were. We're uh, moaning about that hire. The perception is, like a lot of coaches, and, and there's truth to it, that he prefers the veterans over the rookies. And the one reason is because their jobs are on the line. Yeah. 10 games. Or, um, but Vigneault, um we had him on the air when he was named to coach Team Canada at the upcoming spring championships. And Scott Lachlan, the host, asked him, uh, are you interested in going back to the NHL? And he kind of danced around it, but basically said yes. And they dealt with the issue of, does he like to coach young guys? And, and, and Vigneault said, look, I had a lot of young guys with the Canucks. I took them to the Sonic Cup final in 2011. And in my opinion, they should have won if Roberto Luongo had played better. He didn't. He was out goaltendered by, uh, by Tim Thomas. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I think, Vin, I think it's a good hire for Philly, but it shows you that they're not – they're interested – every team's interested in making the playoffs. But the Flyers have just sort of noticed that they're going to be one of the, the eight teams in the East next season. Hey, you being a Bruins fan, what's Tim Thomas doing right now, by the way? You oh, haven't heard? No, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan. Let's get that Montreal. straight. Montreal. Oh, I'm sorry. But, but what's up with Tim? Toronto. Yeah, what, what's he doing? <laughs> I haven't even heard from Tim Thomas in ages. He's, 
hanging out in Montana with Randy Myers. I'm not really sure. Yeah, you just don't hear from him. He used to be so prominent and then, then just gone. All right, Mick, thank you very much for joining us today. Please let us know when you come to Hershey. We'd love to meet you. Love. Good stuff, guys. Talk soon. Thanks. That's Mick Curtin from uh, Sirius Satellite Radio. Always, always insightful. Always has, you know, and he's got a good take on all that stuff. He's immersed in the... He's in the me- he's in the middle up there. Yep. I, I mean, you know, it, it's a whole other world up there. Man, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. He's right. It could go either way. The well, bear. It's, it's the been bear- every other game so far, right? Yeah. Toronto one three five Bruins. Two, I four, think six. Liam O'Brien is a big cog for the Bears. Oh, absolutely. Big presence. You know, you'd you'd like to see. You know, this this just handled very neatly at home on Giant Center Ice. Oh. Let's face it, we don't want to go back up for game five. But we do. The way our goaltenders are playing, uh, we have the ability to win this on home. And, Art, I'll tell you, if we can get through this series, the road's kind of cleared off a little bit. I mean, it might not. This team might have it to get going pretty deep down the road. This team can win it all. They're fast. This, this, this could be the toughest challenge, though, that they have right now is in the Sound Tigers. I mean, they're, they're a well-coached team. We're fast. We have good goalie play. We have good defense. We can win the whole thing. But I, I really, really want to close this out Thursday night. Do not want to go back up there for a game five. Yeah, you don't like that? You don't like those odds? After I, I think the Bears would win. I still think we'd find a way to win. But, I mean, things can happen up there. And if Chris Bork on the ice, it makes you nervous. Yeah, and he will – from what I heard, I talked to somebody, and they said he was giving it all. He, he unloaded the tank – you know, in these games against Hershey, to try to to try to make an impact, because that's what great players do. They really step up at at those big times. Well, I agree with that. I, you know, my problem with I worry about Chris. I don't. You, he left it all out there. I don't know if he has that little bit extra that you sometimes need to win at this time of the year. Oh. Well, some players, you know, not everybody oh, has. I agree. I not everybody about. can give you. He's the most controversial AHL player I know. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. Everybody talks about him. He's yeah. the most polarizing player. Great. You say great stuff. Fans say great stuff about him. Players loathe him. They throw pitchforks with fire on the, walking down the concourse about him. You know. Yeah, absolutely. He, polarizing is the right word. Yep. The thing I love about this Bears team is that, that loss Friday night, that was a crushing loss. It was a game the Bears felt like they should have won. You're, you're ahead by a goal late in the game. You give up the five-on-three power play, and then you lose in that scenario. You, you see Ness go down. I mean, it, it's a devastating, crushing loss. And for the team to come back and show the character and come back and win game two on the road like that, 2 nothing, and Vanacek to play that well, I mean, it, it just speaks to the character of this Bears team of how they've been able to come back all year. And it could be just because they've been playing desperation since January. But how, how important is that? We're, and we're, yeah. we're you know, look at Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte, they clinched in what? Middle of March? Middle of you know, early March? Yeah. It is tough to bring it back. They've been playing just desperation. And it's really fascinating to me, even the young guys. Like, all of a sudden, I've never seen so many young guys that could contribute that we can plug in at any time. I think that's really a big factor that plays in the Bears' favor. The growth of those players, the growth of the rookies and second-year players is huge and they're young and energetic and just listening to some of the overtime play on friday night i, I felt like one of them was going to score the game winning goal i mean they're just constantly pressuring the goalie and keeping the puck in the zone and i mean it you know. i think there is an unsung hero 
I think one of those guys are going to step up and be that storybook. Who? What? Oh my gosh! You know what I mean? And I think, but that you remember you remember the Caps when they beat the Penguins. Mm-hmm. That game, that winning game when we beat the Penguins last year, it was all about Nate Walker and Travis Boyd mm-hmm. being on the ice, and they were not on the ice any of the previous six games. Absolutely. And if we do end up winning the Carter Cup, I mean, they're going to step because up because all of a goals. sudden yeah. it's a different look. Who are these guys? They didn't know how to handle it. They were fresh, and that's what Spencer kind of has in his toolbox that he can kind of pull out and use to beat this Bridgeport team. It's a good toolbox, too. I mean, yeah, these guys are light. They carry the puck really well. I iso'd on them a couple times uh, at the games I attended. And man, I iso'd on them, and boy, they carry their shoulders nice, skate really well, very comfortable. You know, you're seeing the coach or the uh, the coaching from Spencer here as well. I mean, he he speaks loudly when he needs to, but he's very confident in his team. Uh, you know, I, I think they stay. Uh, you know, they they don't lose their cool. They're just they're a smart team. They play well. And, I mean, that's that's what we're seeing here. But the, I, I was really impressed the way they came back Saturday night. A lot of teams could have folded and went home down 2-0. A lot of coaches, and I'll go back to a former Hershey coach, uh, I, I'd call our staff now the anti-Hartley staff. Um, these are three guys who aren't concerned about what anybody thinks about them. All they care about they is how the players are playing and how the players feel. Uh, you know, there is no personal accolades needed for any of those three guys all year, good or who's, bad. Who's your MVP on this club right now? Who's the most important player on this team? Goaltenders, both of them. Both of them? Put them together. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Put them you think it's Scarbosa? Oh, uh, well, if I had to pick a single player, it's Scarbosa. But <laughs> to me, it's the goaltending tandem. Yeah. That is most important to the Bears. Just kind of banging up. And speaking of goaltenders, Philip Grubauer on Colorado, you can't stop to have a smile on your face. <laughs> Absolutely great. When you see him kind of get at it and get it done. All right, J.D., good job today, buddy. Did you miss Brock? Brock wasn't here. Brock wasn't here. Oh, my, no. I never even announced that Brock wasn't here. He just wasn't here. <laughs> we just thought he was quiet. Do you think we could do without him, J.D.? What if we just call the J.D. and Frank show? and that we? I don't think that would be fair to Brock. It wouldn't be fair to me either. <laughs> Old Barn Hockey Show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Mick Kern from Satellite Radio and Zach Fish. Tuesday night and Thursday night, you got the Bears, you got the Leafs, and you got my golf league. I'll let everybody know what happens after Tuesday night. Go Bears. Thank you for listening. We'll talk soon. Go Bears. <laughs>
Whether it's drinks after work, a night out with friends, or just hanging out to watch the game, there's one place where everyone can agree on. Gilligan's. Gilligan's on Eisenhower Boulevard and in Colonial Park. A great restaurant with an awesome all-around menu. From your favorite appetizers, black Angus steaks, and fresh seafood daily. A great sports bar where you can catch all the games no matter what the sport. Gilligan's is the fun neighborhood bar to meet friends and make new ones. Stop by and see for yourself. Gilligan's on Eisenhower Boulevard and in Colonial Park. Gabby and I have just pre-ordered the George Bush locomotive and more for our train layout. If you want to get started in this great family hobby, see my guy, Brian's Model Trains. Brian has complete train sets for beginner to expert, including top-of-the-line models in various sizes, beautiful train books and DVDs, expansion track, and the new bargain bin. Start a wonderful new family tradition with Brian's Model Trains, now in their 17th year. Visit them on Main Street in Myerstown or briansmodeltrains.com. 